With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with Joe Hugan. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, just uh, surviving out in the wilderness here, just trying to get uh, through this uh, political campaign season. <laughs> football is going to be helping that soon. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know what I'm looking forward to more, Hawkeye football coming back or the election being over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear you there. I hear you there. I'm, I'm constantly uh, flipping uh, through and trying to avoid those. Can't even avoid it on the internet. So No, but yeah. but but football is next week, man. We uh, I, I I had this realization the other day that Saturday is going to be the final Saturday without Hawkeye football until after Christmas. No bye weeks, and you have the championship week on December 19th. We've got like the rest of the year now is just Hawkeye football uh, every week. Hopefully, uh, and and I, I, that just that thought alone got me so excited. I'm, I'm jacked for this season. Oh, absolutely! It's it's going to be full throttle the entire way in. So it's uh, it's going to be uh, strapping in for a ride here because there's there's no stopping. And uh, you know if you're uh, if you're pumped about uh, football in general, you, you can't wait till the Big Ten starts because it's going to add a whole new dynamic to the uh, the playoff race. And I can't wait to get started. You know, I, I've obviously being an Iowa fan and being a Big Ten fan, it it feels uh, like something big is missing. But I think what you just said is exactly right. I have a I have a feeling that everybody feels this way. I mean, without the Big Ten, certainly the Pac-12, sure, throw that in there too. It just doesn't feel like the season has actually started. Even though we've had conference games, even though we've, you know, every Saturday have a full slate of football. We had a game last night where uh, – uh, mighty Louisiana went down, but um, it just it feels like it's all kind of half right now, and I'm sure a big part of that is is you know because my my glasses are are black and gold colored, but uh, it does feel like there's just something that has been missing, and I'm really excited for like the full slate, the Big Ten coming back uh, next week, and really starting on Friday, and uh, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I have been watching football, but I certainly haven't been as into it as I as I typically have been, um, and I'll be honest, it's it's been tough to kind of you know, do what I do and live where we live while the Cyclones are playing and playing well now, you know, and, and ranked and all this stuff. And we're just kind of still sitting on the sidelines. And even though we have light at the end of the tunnel and we know what's going to happen, uh, it's just going to be so nice to, to get in the game and, and be part of the fun. 
Well, absolutely. And, you know, to go to your point about Iowa State, you know, playing, it, it has been hard watching them play. Um, it's been good to see um, them actually perform in a year, uh, especially like this. Uh, had the uh, stumble in the first game against the Raging Cajuns. But, uh, you know, it also kind of, you know, stabs me a little bit because every year we're waiting for them to do something really tremendous that actually helps Iowa out. And this year we don't get to play them. So it's kind of disappointing there, but I think the big 12 and uh, even the ACC and uh, SEC with their starts, the late starts, it kind of gives us a roadmap to you know where to begin. Uh, the big 12 kind of almost put themselves out of uh, a champion per se. I mean, just because of the, some of the losses that they've had, but Iowa state is number one in their, in their league right now. That's just, that's crazy. It is, and, and they obviously have a huge game coming up uh, a week and a half from now. It's It's been interesting to also watch these leagues kind of deal with COVID, and uh, obviously a big news uh, this week as Nick Saban uh, tested positive, and you have the, the Baylor-Oklahoma State game has been postponed. The LSU-Florida game has been postponed. I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, and cynical people can say that the only reason the Big Ten uh, came back was because of uh, fan outrage and money, and, and certainly those things had something to do with it, but I do think this daily testing was a big part and was a big factor in, in getting the Big Ten schools back on board, and I do think it, it allows the Big Ten an opportunity to kind of avoid some of these, at least these big postponements. You're, you're, you're probably not going to avoid the virus infecting some players, some coaches, and, and getting into some teams, but with the daily testing, if you can quarantine people so that, that quickly and kind of... Uh, do the contact tracing very quickly. You can hopefully avoid, you know, whole position groups that have to go down, or like Baylor with you know twenty four players or something like that, who who all got uh, infected and and they essentially had to cancel or postpone their game. Hopefully that can be avoided because there's no room for for error here in the Big Ten. I mean, if if these schools can't play a game on a certain weekend, that game is just canceled. And while that's playing with fire, I think, uh, to a, to an extent. I also think this daily testing really provides almost a bubble-like atmosphere uh, for these schools. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. With with the daily testing, it almost eliminates the, uh, the contact tracing uh, to the degree that you can test every single day, which it does put that, that amount of uh, relief and, pre, you know, and uh, concern with uh, the transmission of, of that virus. So, you know, and that's and that's what the uh, the commissioners and the uh, the presidents, uh, well, the commissioner and the presidents wanted uh, from the Big Ten, and they they exerted their their pound of flesh for that. They wanted to make sure there was daily testing, and if uh, you know you did come up to, uh, positive, you would have that. What was it? The twenty one day. Yeah, um, yeah. Which yeah. is a that, that's a punishment, man. I mean, that's a, that's a big, you know, if, if uh, God forbid one of Iowa's best players, you know, gets gets this, uh, that's that's three games he's going to miss. That that's a big. That's a hard. That's a hard next man in. It that's, is. Uh, yes, it is. We, we've got some depth, but uh, uh, you know, especially at the quarterback position, anybody in the Big Ten, um, you know, certainly like Ohio State, you had um, their you know, starting quarterback out. Any of these these. Uh, prime players i mean that can take out your whole team your whole season expectations so it's going to be a, a a lot of uh learning throughout this and certainly they've been able to see a lot of the other programs and kind of how they've maneuvered it but i think the big 10 put even you know further pressure on ourselves which is has been great for for the testing and the players and the, the safety of the sport so you know i'm all for it um and hopefully they can go without a hitch um you know 
widely, the uh, the SEC, ACC, uh, and the Big 12 have been pretty successful. So hopefully that can continue. We have a lot of coverage. Coverage is really ramping up between media days last week and then obviously uh, game game week is, is Monday uh, between Rob Howe and Rick Brown, John Bonencamp, who's been a great addition to the site, Anna Kaiser. We have a bunch of, of pieces, position pieces and pieces and uh, things from media days up at, at HawkeyeNation.com. And then uh, with football starting, we'll, we'll get back to some of our, our normal things. Uh, last year, uh, my kind of introduction to Hawkeye Nation was a podcast I do called Opposition research, where I talk to a um, a media member, a blogger, or a broadcaster, somebody who covers the other team, and it's it's usually a pretty quick hit podcast, uh, eight to ten minutes, where I just kind of tr- try to take a look at the other team, get an inside look uh, at, at what I was facing in a given week. It'll be interesting next week because nobody really knows what to expect. So, but I will talk with somebody uh, who covers Purdue next week, and then obviously on on game days. Um, Saturdays and a couple of Fridays, I will be doing an, an instant reaction podcast as soon as the game is over, and uh, I'll be putting out tweets, uh, you know, soliciting questions and things like that. Uh, I usually try to get that up pretty quickly after the game. You know, it, it, there's a reason it's an instant reaction. You know, we can reconvene on Monday and uh, look in depth and uh, have our thoughts and, and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, we we I always love John Miller's instant reaction podcast because as a fan, that's when that's when you feel it, right? That's that's when you're feeling. It and you want to kind of, uh, whether it's talk to your buddy or listen to somebody else uh, mm-hmm. kind of talk about what they feel in the game, and, and those emotions are still high, and uh, and so I'm excited to get back to doing that. Joe, you've been a great addition to to our podcast network and, and everything we do at Hawkeye Nation. Uh, what, what do you kind of have planned for, for football season, uh, if anything different than, than kind of what you're already doing? Yeah, no, I, I want to do a lot of just, you know, commenting on, you know, the feel of uh, the season, the game, uh, the players kind of get a little more reaction, uh, you know, from the general fan, um, the general man, uh, just, uh, you know, a, a good sense of where we are headed as a team and kind of the feelings of, of everybody. That's why I love when, when you do the uh, the instant reaction um, podcast well, when John did it and now you're going to be taking over. Um, but also the uh, the opposition research. That was a fantastic addition. And I always love that because you always want to hear kind of who the other team is, is thinking is your primary targets and, and, and your goal and what's going to be an issue for them. And, you know, vice versa, what we are, you know, challenged up against them so i think it provides a lot of depth but you know basically i'm, I'm gonna keep taking it kind of from your guys's range kind of looking at what you guys do and in making my own kind of you know comments and uh and assessments on on the team and and players and coaches and kind of see where it goes i love it man I'm, I'm excited this is my first kind of full football season being a part of the site uh, i was doing things with them last year and then uh, and then joe schmelka and i will will have the hawkeyenation.com uh, radio show returning next week on kxno that'll be thursday nights at seven o'clock and so uh be on the lookout for more information on that as we move forward but we do have uh we do have kind of a schedule to talk about obviously we've we've known who Iowa was going to play but we got some more information uh was it early this week about when those games will be. We know we've got a couple of Friday games on the schedule. Uh, let's start with Minnesota. It's November 13th, 6 p.m. I, I kind of like this, Joe. I kind of like the thought of now anybody who likes high school football here in Iowa knows that that's, that's semifinals in Class 4A. That, that'll, be, that'll be up against the, the semifinal games, but uh, 
Iowa at Minnesota, this is a huge game, and to have it in prime time, you know, 6 o'clock kind of on its own there on a Friday night, I think this will get a lot of eyeballs and, you know, hopefully a couple of good teams competing for the Big Ten West at that point. Oh, no, absolutely. It's it's fantastic. It's a 6 p.m. Uh, kickoff. So, I mean, if you're uh, watching high school football, grab your cell phone, fire up the BTN app. Yeah, you'll be able to watch all that. It's, uh, it's going to be a fantastic matchup. And that actually... I mean, that game right there could be one of the deciders um, yeah. of the season for the for the Big Ten West. So I'm looking forward to that. And then obviously Nebraska still got their Friday game on November 27th. So um, happy to see that. And I'm actually glad they're not the last one on the schedule this year. Yeah, yeah, me too, actually, because uh, I think that Wisconsin game uh, is something I want to talk about a little later as, as kind of the, the game I'm looking most forward to. But I am glad Black Friday against Nebraska is back this year uh, amid all of the strangeness. At least we get that normal. We'll see. Uh, don't know if there will be fans in Kinnick Stadium that day yet or not. Uh, Gary Barta left the door open for that just a little bit. Uh, I know they're not going to have fans you know, at the start of the season, but as more and more schools do it, uh, as as we see that it, it can work in other places, um, hopefully that's something that, that they can at least take a look at uh, and, and reevaluate it sometime in the season. Uh, but that that's obviously a huge game. Um, you, you just never know what Nebraska is going to look like. You, they're always hyped. You always think that they could be good. And then a lot of times, especially recently, they have not been. And so that'll be interesting. And then, of course, we got our kick time uh, for next Saturday at Purdue, a 2.30 kick uh, a week from Saturday. That's October 24th. And the game got tougher uh, when Rondale Moore decided that he was going to play. He and David Bell are a hell of a, a receiver tandem, probably up there with the best in the country. And uh, that's going to put a lot of pressure on, on Iowa's defense. You wonder... Um, we saw the depth chart come out last week. There's going to be a lot on these linebackers and these D-backs. There's going to be a lot of um, uh, of pressure on the defensive line to get some pressure on, on Purdue's quarterback. Uh, I don't know where that pressure is going to come from. A.J. Epinesa was a big, big thing to lose. Um, and so it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, how that all works out. Obviously, you have Petrus and, and what's he going to look like. And I think all eyes will be on him. And uh, you know the, this team and this offense will, will go as he goes. Um, but this is a huge game for the defense right out of the gate, Joe, to, to go to Purdue. Uh, you know, there's there's no preseason, there's no exhibition, there's no non-conference. These, this is uh, uh, right into the fire here. And a, a team that I was struggled with the last few years, uh, certainly defensively, as, as they have kind of found a way to, to find Iowa's weak link in, in, the, in the defense and, and exploit that over and over and over again. No, they, they, they have. Um, their recruiting has gotten a lot better. Um, you know, certainly their, their coaching has gotten better as well. But really, to me, it's the unknown is starting the season off without these preseason games. Iowa typically starts offense off a little bit slower than their, their defense. Mm-hmm. Usually you, you get what you uh, what you what you've come to expect with an Iowa defense starting off the year. Um, I don't expect any drop off there. Um, slowing those two guys down, though, um, it, it, it's going to be a task for them to do but really setting the expectation and and having the discipline which i think iowa typically has if they can if they can just not create the errors and and continue to move forward um 
I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, obviously Spencer is going to be new, but typically Iowa's done really well with with new quarterbacks. So it's it's it should be no no mystery if if he does well. Uh, he's certainly a big guy, six five, what two thirty, two twenty. Yeah, um, very big guy. Uh, he's going to be honed in. Um, you know, but we have we have capable backups too, and that's going to be something interesting that I'm going to be waiting to see is if we actually dip into the backups in case there might be some sort of, uh, um, you know, yeah. COVID related, uh, illness or anything like that, just to give them the experience and get them, you know, ready to go since it is going to be a, a shortened and intense season. That's a really good thought. I, I hadn't really thought of that, you're, but you're exactly right. You kind of have to be ready for anything. The, the next man in that Iowa has lived by for a long time uh, is maybe more important than ever. And then I, I just, as you were talking there, I kind of realized I had this tendency and I think a lot of fans probably do to, obviously we look at things through our lens and, and through the Hawkeye football lens, but you know, I'm sitting here thinking, ah, you know, it's the first game, and uh, is there going to be rust? You know, all this stuff. But it's the first game for Purdue too. You know, they yeah. they haven't yeah. they haven't had any non-conference games. They they have just as much uh, rust and everything to knock off as as Iowa will. And so uh, I think, as as you said, the discipline is huge. Uh, the consistency with Iowa that's generally there, and as you mentioned, Iowa first-year quarterbacks, at least the last handful of them, have had good seasons. They they kind of come in, and Petrus is a guy. He's not brand new to this program. You know, he's been here for uh, several years now. He knows what he's getting into. He certainly seems confident, and he seems like he has the confidence of his teammates. And then, Joe, he's got a team around him, an offense around him, that I'm not sure any Iowa quarterback has stepped into in, in a long time. Never, never. He, he's He's got more weapons and more opportunity to make uh, this a tremendous first year, even though it is uh, in a different state of events um, for this year, he, he has an opportunity. And I think he's, he's going to take that. I mean, if you looked at him in high school, um, he set uh, records. I mean, he just demolished the records that, um, from, uh, what was it, Goff, um, same high school that Goff went to yeah. and just destroyed um, records. It was over 4,000 some yards with uh, over 50 touchdowns, I believe it was. He, he's got the tools. He's got the size. Um Usually, you know, when Kirk uh, evaluates these players and he, and he recruits them, they're always really cerebral. They're they're well disciplined, and I, I expect that from him. I, I don't expect them to go completely pass happy. They're going to be more of that uh, run and grind uh, to start it off with to establish that running game. But who knows? You know, Brian coming into the uh, offensive coordinator position has has surprised us at times and maybe he will open it up I, I hope he does given the the amount of talent that we have in receiver um, it would certainly be fun to watch maybe we're gonna you know put our two guys you know our three guys up against their two guys so it's it's gonna be fun to watch and and hopefully we we do open it up a little bit uh, just to get the the feeling this is kind of a year where you know you, you have high expectations and you want to go further um, than you have before, um, but it's kind of a, you know, with with everything going on uh, with uh, the uh, the COVID and, and potential uh, playoff uh, impacts, you want to be able to just leave it all out there and and not worry about it because you, you don't know if you're going to be down a game, um, you know, two three games from now and not even be able to play. So 
I, I think it gives them a little flexibility in, in trying new things and, and being able to open it up. It is going to be an interesting uh, season as a fan because I've thought about this quite a bit, uh, and, and I want to talk to you about kind of what, what does success look like for this Hawkeye team? I think, you know, we've we've just gotten so ingrained, uh, certainly over the last 20 years under Kirk Ferentz, of, of these certain benchmarks that, that you hit. You know, it's uh, the sixth win is bull eligibility, and, and that's great. Uh, the eighth win feels like, okay, this is a, a, a I think anytime Iowa gets goes to eight and four, gets eight wins, you could say that's a good season. Now it, it maybe is is the average, uh, but it's certainly it's certainly not a bad season. Um, nine and three, you feel pretty good about that. Ten and two, you feel great. Uh, any ten win season, you feel awesome. But this year's different, right? It's it's eight games uh, in the regular season plus the one championship game, uh, and so you know even going like six and two, well, we'll feel great. I think every week it still is kind of like oh, it's only six wins, um, and so I think it's it's going to be hard to kind of walk this line of of on one side adjusting our expectations to the world that we live in today, uh, which is fewer games, no non-conference, um, you know, guys may be missing multiple weeks at a time, coaches may be missing multiple weeks at a time uh, because of, of the virus, and understanding that uh, a month ago, Joe, we didn't have football to talk about, or you know, six weeks ago, whatever it was, when, when they decided to, come to bring it back, and so kind of enjoying and appreciating the fact that we get any football, Hawkeye football, to, to talk about this year, and then on the other side of that, though is our emotions as fans. And I saw this uh, on my Twitter and in our radio show week one when Iowa State lost to Louisiana uh, because those 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 fans woke up that morning thinking, hey, we have football. The Big Ten doesn't. This is awesome. I don't care what happens. I'm happy to have my team playing. And at about halfway through that third quarter, I don't think they felt that way anymore. It's going to be hard uh, if Iowa is not playing well or losing a game or loses several games or has a down season to kind of remember that we need to adjust our expectations, remember that we need to be appreciative. It's just going to be this weird dichotomy of, of kind of emotions as a fan. I think that's that may be the biggest difference in the Instant Reaction podcast to like the weekly podcast because in the Instant Reaction, it's going to be really hard for me if Iowa plays a close game and loses or doesn't play well or you know whatever the case may be for me to get out of the emotions of a fan that – because – you know this. We're, we're ingrained like this. This is how we've watched Hawkeye football forever. It, it is an emotional thing. Uh, it's just going to be a weird tightrope walk uh, to, to, to go on this year. I absolutely agree. I mean, it, it, there's going to be a lot of anxiety to it just because you're not going to be able to be in the stands or feeling it or, you know, have that, uh, you know, last second kick where the crowd is, is, is yeah. yelling and, and it's all on the line. There's just not that that kind of presence. So really, the home field advantage has pretty much been eliminated other than maybe places like Penn State and Ohio State just for the sheer awe of, of, of the venue. But it's uh, it has changed it. And I think as a fan having a limited season and the unknown uh, expectations of you know what might happen it, it kind of it's kind of a relief in, in, in a way but once we start winning that's going to change mm-hmm. once we start winning games that expectation goes up and then we have that feeling well we don't need to lose any games which i'm always <laughs> like that i mean yeah. i I'm, I'm always the home that comes out every year yeah we, we can win every game well we may not win every game um <laughs> expectations of the eight and four i think have have pretty much put iowa at that uh you know that next step 
program where we're, we're trying to get to that regular nine, 10 win season. And I think we've made, you know, roads to go there, especially with the recruiting that has come in and the talent that we have well, right now. Um, so there's going to be expectations for them to do well this year though. I just don't know. I, I don't know. Um, you know, certainly I, I saw the ups and downs with Iowa state when they lost that first game, which, you know, didn't upset me too much, but I can certainly <laughs> see it as, you know, we felt before losing a game like that. And it, it does hurt regardless. So, but they were able to rebound and that's something that, you know, I was always able to do too. So a lot of different emotions might go into it. The instant reaction podcast that you'll be doing, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to, to listen to just to see how fans will react after watching it at home and doing their daily lives throughout the day. So, It'll be interesting. It will. And, and just like every season, it, it, it will come down to which games you win or lose and how you win or lose those games. You know, if if, if Iowa goes six and two but loses in blowout fashion to, to Nebraska and yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> Northwestern. Or or honestly to, to Wisconsin and, and Minnesota, who are, are good teams and it wouldn't be embarrassing to lose to those teams. But if you are clearly not in contention for the Big Ten West, I think that's going to feel disappointing regardless of what the record is. Uh Whereas if you if your only losses are to a bad Michigan State team and a Penn State team, but you go you know five six five and zero oh in the in the in the West, and uh, you, you feel pretty good about that. So or six and zero, oh, I guess in in the West. So it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of how we all deal with this season. Um, as you look at the schedule, what's what's the game? I mean, obviously the Purdue game because it's the first game, and, and we'll know a lot more about this team, I think, after we watch them play a game or two, uh, certainly with Spencer Petras. But what's the game you've kind of got circled uh, on, on the calendar as this is the game this year? Well, you know, I, I like that Wisconsin game, like like you're probably going to uh, talk about here shortly. But really, I, I think the – the Penn State game and in the Nebraska game, but the Penn State game will really set it up. If we can somehow get through the season up until that point on November 21st um, unscathed, which is going to be a task, especially at Minnesota, um, I think that that would really set the tone because really after that Penn State game, you've got Nebraska, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Um, by all means, I, I think that we will get through uh, Nebraska and Illinois, but it does set up for that that huge matchup, which is the traditional last game that Iowa plays in Wisconsin. Now, they, they've gone on a, a huge streak, um, and we're ready to win again. I mean, I think it's been, what, since 2014? Yeah. No, we haven't played them every year, but since 2014 that uh, we've beaten them. So we're due. Yes, yes, we are. As you as you alluded to, my game is is the Wisconsin game, and and I I put that with a caveat. Uh, I hate Wisconsin more than I hate anybody else, and and so that that's part of it. Um, but. They've just they've had our number. They've dominated us this past decade, and and that is a program uh, not just in football, really athletically in a lot of ways that Iowa uh, is similar to. Uh, I think that Wisconsin and Iowa should have similar goals every year. They should recruit similar level of talent every year. And the fact is, over the last decade, Wisconsin has been a better football program than Iowa. And that sucks to say, and it's hard, but it's the truth. And so for Iowa to kind of get their manliness, their manhood back from Wisconsin, which Wisconsin has taken from us, um, 
I don't think it can just be a, a, a normal game. I think I've said this before. I really think for Iowa to kind of turn the tide or start to turn the tide in this rivalry back to uh, a neutrality level, uh, there has to be something on the line. There has to be a Big Ten West title. If yeah. not for both teams, then certainly Iowa could take it from Wisconsin, right? Uh, but in, in a perfect world, both teams go into that game and the winner goes to the championship game. And if that's the case, uh, obviously that'll be an anticipated game, but that, that's the type of game that Iowa needs to win against uh, against Wisconsin to st- start to turn this uh, turn this back um, as, as far as players is, is there a player or two? Uh, obviously, Spencer Petrus is a guy that we're all excited to see and, and anticipating seeing. But uh, outside of that, is there a guy or two that you want to see? You know, did they take the next step? Have they uh, have they improved a lot? Um, is there a guy that you have circled right now that you're really going to be keeping an eye on uh, a week and a half from now against Purdue and saying, is he ready to take the next step? Well, I mean, it's maybe not always the sexiest uh, uh, player to pick. Um, He might think so. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum. (laughs) um, I really am looking forward to seeing his progression. He is a monster on the line. Um, He's going to be a leader, um, even as a sophomore. I mean, just because of his sheer athletic ability. I really want to see how that line progresses. Um, I... I still have my question marks about the defense, but typically I'm, I'm more worried about the offense throughout the year um, and, and just how they gel because it takes a little bit longer for them to gel. Um, so really the cohesiveness with the offensive line, um, Tyler Linderbaum, um, you know, Kyler Schoft and, uh, you know, Cody Ince, those, those are the kind of guys that I really want to see how they've progressed and where they're going to take this offense this year. A lot of talent on that offensive line. It'll be interesting to see how quickly they can kind of build that chemistry that's needed for a cohesive offensive line to really be good. Uh, you know, year in and year out, Iowa is able to find a way to do that for the most part. And so so I agree. Those are guys I'm looking at as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Goodson, who is a little sexier of a pick, I know, and, and probably <laughs> a little more uh, generic of a pick. But from from freshman to sophomore year, you know, what what has he done? How has he changed? Uh, what, what has he added to his game? Uh, he was great as a freshman last year. I think you know a lot of the receivers obviously were excited to see Sam Laporta. Excited to see kind of his improvement, uh, but certainly like the receivers, I think we saw uh, a lot of what they're made of, especially late in the year last year. And, and you talked a little bit earlier about will Brian Ferentz open things up a little bit. I loved what we saw both in the Nebraska game and then in the the Holiday Bowl with Amir Smith-Marset and trying to get him oh. the ball in some different ways and uh, let him let him use his kind of game-breaking speed and his his smarts on the field to, to figure ways out to to get the ball down the field and, and to score. So I think we've kind of already seen those jumps from guys like him and obviously Brandon Smith is another guy you're looking at because he you know, had the injury last year and will he come back fully healthy? Uh, what can he do in his senior season? Uh, but for me, it's Tyler Goodson is the guy I have, I have circled because along with that offensive line, uh, I will have a solid running game. When when they're able to do that, it takes so much pressure off of a young quarterback and allows him to kind of hit those tight ends, those wide receivers, and, and open up that game a little bit more. Uh, and I'm super, super excited, as you can probably hear in my voice. Um, I can't <laughs> no, wait, man. We're, we're, we're just over a week away from football, from Hawkeye football. Nine days. Nine days, brother. <laughs> I love it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Moving on just a little bit here, uh, we'll talk a little bit of basketball because we got some news, uh, what, in the last week or so, and Iowa has yet to, uh, well, so I guess we'll start here. Fran McCaffrey met with the media a week and a half ago or so and talked about what what he looked at uh, as a schedule. He said they plan to play 27 games. They expect that to include a game against Iowa State, which I think is uh, is a must this basketball season, not just because we'll run them off the court, uh, but because we lost the Cyhawk football game, and, and that's an important rivalry to the state. Uh, and people on the eastern side of the state may not uh, understand it as much or may not feel it as much because you don't live it day to day. But here in Des Moines, here in central Iowa, this is a a, a big, big deal, and uh, so I think it's really important for them to, to try to find a way to get a Cyhawk basketball game in. Um, you, uh, we saw that the Gavit games uh, against the Big East will not be happening this year. I think John Rothstein from uh, uh, he, I think he was the one who reported that that will pick up again next season. So there's one non-conference game that's gone. The game against Oregon State, which was originally scheduled, is no longer scheduled. Uh, you will have the Big Ten ACC Classic um, or Challenge. I think that will be North Carolina coming to Iowa City. That's that's my prediction. Um, I would love to see I like Duke. That. I would love to see Duke, but uh, it sounds like I, th- I think they try to keep home and away uh, year uh, like on a rotation basis. And this mm-hmm. this year is Iowa's turn to host, and it is Duke's turn to host. And so uh, putting those teams together is probably not uh, not likely. But North Carolina coming to Iowa City would be a lot of fun. And then the kind of big game, which it's it's funny to say that North Carolina in Iowa City wouldn't be the kind of big non conference game, uh, or Iowa Iowa State for that matter. But CBS. Sports reported last week that I will play Gonzaga um, at the Pentagon up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on December 19th. Now, Iowa has not confirmed this, uh, so we don't know a whole lot about it, but there hasn't been any denial of this since then. And uh, and CBS, CBS has Iowa ranked fifth and Gonzaga ranked number one. So that'd be a top five matchup and, and you know likely a top five matchup in the AP poll, whatever poll you're looking at uh, when, when we get to that point. Uh, but that's the type of game, Joe, that Iowa just hasn't scheduled very often in the past, certainly under, under Fran McCaffrey, um, and is just... I'm like I'm as excited for that as as anything in in Hawkeye sports right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the anticipation of a game like that, a signature win potential and to put you, you know, immediately on the map. I mean, we we're already there. Uh, especially with uh, Luca Garza coming back, uh, should have been player of the year. Um, but uh, certainly Big 10 player of the year. Um, it's it's going to send signals across the nation and I I, I think it's a great scheduling um, matchup done by Frank McCaffrey and something that we haven't done in the past, which it does hurt us Um, over the course of the season. We can get into the conversation, but to be in the conversation from the very beginning, we're already going to have a target on our back, embrace it. Let's, let's get after it and, and put a signature win right at the beginning to let uh, the rest of the college uh, basketball world know that we're ready. We're coming for it. We are. And, uh, you know, you talk about the scheduling because Fran got, took a lot of heat for this. I mean, up until just two or three years ago for scheduling, you know, teams like Campbell and, uh, you know, Nebraska, Omaha. And, and you're going to get a couple of those teams on your schedule every year um, regardless. You know, everybody plays teams like that. This is the way college sports has been built. 
results. Uh, but I really want to give Fran some credit here over these last couple of seasons. You know, when, when Iowa pulled out of the Big Four Classic here in Des Moines where Iowa, Iowa State, Drake, and you and I all played a, a doubleheader essentially uh, on a Saturday, which I thought was a cool event that just for whatever reason never really clicked. It just never really I, I went to it every year mm-hmm. and I watched both games but um, you know the, the the place was never full for either game. Um, it, just, it just never really became the thing that I hoped it would become. And when Iowa was the one to, to kind of pull out of that and then break that contract. And I think Iowa State was right on board with that. I think they would have done it ultimately if, if Iowa hadn't. So I don't blame yeah. Fran for doing that or anything. Uh, but there, there was this kind of narrative that I was afraid to play these games. They don't want to play these neutral these neutral court games against the UNI team that could beat them and a Drake team that's that's getting better. Uh, they'd rather play these kind of real easy non conference games, get these home wins, and and build up a record, even though they're tanking their RPI. Uh, and. And that has not been the case. Uh, Iowa didn't replace these games with easy wins. They've so far replaced these games with a neutral court game against Cincinnati and Chicago last year and a neutral court game with the number one team in the country in Gonzaga in South Dakota uh, this year. And so big ups to to Fran for... uh, for upping the schedule because it did hurt Iowa in the past uh, in in their RPI and they were fighting against that kind of all season long. So Fran says twenty seven games. We're, we're thinking the the one against Gonzaga, hopefully the one against Iowa Iowa State, uh, the one against a an ACC team, hopefully North Carolina. You've got twenty conference games and then two at a multi team event, which Iowa will host. I'm guessing a, around the Thanksgiving weekend, and so that leaves two games left. To schedule, it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, what Iowa does with those two games, or really what what the options are. Again, we live in a, a str- we live in strange times. We don't know uh, what's going to be available, what travel is going to look like, whether fans will be allowed in Carver Hawkeye Arena or, or any of these arenas. Um, it's it's going to be a weird season, but I think at least right now, as it's coming together. Uh, there's there's a lot of potential for this to feel a little more normal than maybe I thought it would at first, and uh, and then for Iowa to achieve all of the lofty goals that we've all put on them and and they've put on themselves. Yeah, I mean, this is this is probably the best team that we've assembled. Uh, well, certainly in my lifetime, but yeah. um, in, in the '80s, I mean, you mean I had like the AC Earl um, uh, kind of team that was great but this team has a, a, a real opportunity to not only reach the final four but to actually win a championship now there's still a lot of uh, road to go through but scheduling those hard games are what makes you you know defined and what makes you a better team to get to the challenge of the ncaa tournament but the thing is going to be different though too is from what i've heard um and correct me if i'm wrong but it looks like they are trying to make it so everybody is has an opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament this year. I don't know if they've they've come to a conclusion on that, but if that is the case, that you know opens things wide up for you know total chaos in March. So it, it, it'd just be interesting to see how that uh, dynamic you know turns the Big Ten around um, as as far as a national powerhouse because you got Illinois as well, yeah. who's going to be competing, and that's going to be a very very tough uh, a matchup uh, eventually wherever they do schedule that throughout the season. Um, so yeah, we have we have a lot on the line, a lot to uh, look forward to, um, a lot of a lot of depth. 
coming back this year. And then also with the extra year of eligibility that the NCAA has afforded, I mean, that opens it up for players on this team to potentially come back for another year. <laughs> Which is kind of wild to think about uh, that you know Jordan Bohannon could essentially play what like a seventh <laughs> season. He, I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's working on his Jess Settles uh, credentials here because yeah. uh, he's a guy that's probably not an NBA player you know maybe a, a European player or something like that. Uh, you know, would Luca Garza come back? Eh, probably not but you never know. Um, this this extra year of eligibility is, is really an interesting thing and um, I hope it doesn't mean that things are going to get interrupted this this basketball season, and that uh, you know they're they're going to need this extra year to kind of uh, get back what they 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 miss from this coming season. But it does really kind of uh, kind of change the game. I'm sure it affects recruiting and. Um, you know, there's already a bit of a logjam with with talent at Iowa basketball. They've Fran has recruited so well over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, some injuries to guys like Jack Nunji, where he's still a sophomore. Um, it's it's just going to be interesting to to kind of see how they how they work this, how they figure this out. Um, and then you have to hope a season like Iowa uh, a just had, but hopefully is on the verge of, uh, will put them into a new stratosphere as far as recruiting. You know, yeah. give give them uh, the basis to go out to to a different level of player. Well, that's that's. I'm glad you brought that up. It's it's going to be really, really interesting with the recruiting aspect because you're going to have guys that are ready to to start as freshmen, um, the, the talent level to be placed right into a team and, and to get going, and probably expect um, to. Yeah, and and a lot of these guys are not going to be wanting to wait. So the opportunity for Iowa to pick one of these guys up, um, Fran's done a remarkable job of recruiting um, over the years, and to stick and land some of these guys who regularly may have to wait at, you know, the blue blood programs, we might have an opportunity there. Um, but it is going to create a logjam for a lot of teams just because you, you have so many people that may want to come back and a lot of people who are eager to start. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, it. I think it'll actually help Iowa in a lot, in a lot of ways. Um, Soon they'll still be able to red shirt and be able to uh, give guys an extra year of eligibility. So I, I embrace it. I think it's going to be a great thing for Iowa, certainly, and for other teams that are kind of looking for a little bit uh, more exposure and um, longevity out of their players that uh, maybe didn't quite get uh, to where they wanted to be. And certainly with the uh, uh, March, uh, the, the tournament not happening last year, it allows you to hopefully go after that dream. I mean... They they didn't get to go to uh, that end this past year, and it was depressing for everybody. That's kind of where this uh, whole COVID thing started. We uh, eliminated basketball. The NCAA made sure that they were not going to allow that to happen this year. Yes, a lot of money. I mean, the NCAA uh, uh, program in general they they own the rights to that tournament, um, and it's it's going to happen. It's going to. I think that's why they want to uh, have a full um, roster of all the teams potentially playing in the NCAA. As we sit here, I mean, expectations are a dangerous game to play, and, and obviously things change, you know, game to game, really, uh, as we go through a season. But uh, as we sit here in middle of October, uh, you you said what I what I believe as well that we've got the most talented Iowa basketball team of my lifetime. Certainly, the most anticipation I can ever remember for a team. The highest expectations I can remember, and and and, and expectations that don't feel ridiculous. You know, there there are times where it's like, okay, if everything goes well, if everything falls into place, uh, maybe if Michigan State isn't as good, uh, Iowa has a chance to compete for a Big Ten, and you know, know maybe we'll get back to a Sweet Sixteen, that sort of a thing. But uh, these don't feel 
like ridiculous expectations that are being put on this team right now. And uh, I, I think the experience that Iowa has, just the sheer amount of games played and time spent together really benefits them in what could be a disjointed season, a weird season as far as travel and you know whether or not there's some sort of bubble um, games being moved and, and you know having to, to prep on short notice. I think Iowa has a real advantage with some of that stuff. So as we sit here, what, what do you think? Like, what are your realistic expectations for this Iowa basketball team? Well, I, I think a, a Big Ten championship, and I mean, really, if we didn't make the Final Four, I'd be, I'd be pretty, uh, uh, pretty sad, pretty sad if we didn't. We make Isn't that it wild to even say that out loud, though? Like, it I, is. I, mean, that's I, why I almost hesitated to say yeah, it. It's, I, it's, it's hard, but it's, it's not unbelievable because of the amount of chemistry and the depth. Now, what's really going to interest me, though, is the reintroduction of Jordan Bohannon into the lineup. Now, when he went out. After that Iowa State game, still got to get his shoes back. Uh, after that Iowa State game, he kind of made it so Luca Garza had to take over, mm-hmm. and we saw him step up. And he, you know, he he got the accolades he did at the end of the year. And this is going to be a little bit different. I mean, he, we're going to have an outside presence. We had it with Joe Wieskamp. He kind of struggled down the stretch a little bit, but Jordan's going to be reintroduced into that lineup. We're going to have an outside presence, hopefully fleshing it out a little bit better. Um, you know, our defense is really the only place that we really needed a lot of work, but it's going to be interesting to see where our offense really goes. If we're going to work the inside like we did, or if we're going to be able to maintain a presence. I don't know if, you know, we should score. I mean, we, we were a pretty, uh, I think we we're the second highest or maybe the highest scoring team last year in the Big Ten. I don't foresee that going down. If anything, it may go up with uh, Jordan Bohannon being back and, and shooting the three ball like he can. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of mystery in, in where that's going to be and in, in how Jordan Bohan is going to fit back into into this lineup. It's it's one of these things where Jordan Bohan is my favorite Hawkeye basketball player of all time. Uh, and in in what four seasons, three and a half seasons, he has he's built that up uh, between the game winning shot against Wisconsin as a freshman, uh, all his uh, his things with Iowa State, the Chris Street free throw, and and all of that stuff, and just kind of the way yeah. he carries himself, uh, the confidence he has. Uh, the two seasons ago. Where, where he had that stretch of three or four games where he was hitting you know game winning threes on the regular. Uh, I just I, I've fallen in love with this kid. Uh, he's a Hawkeye through and through, and and it's fantastic. And and I say all of that as a preface to I'm not a hundred percent sure he should be a starter this year. <laughs> and, and it's hard for me to even say that because I think he's earned that place. Uh, yeah. What he did getting this team off to a, a great start last season, I, th- I think is probably underrated for how good he was in those 10 games uh, with, with the injury and, and getting them to a place where they could kind of take the ball and run with it. And as you said, give Luca Garza the space to then dominate the rest of the season. Um, but Joe Toussaint got so much better throughout the Big Ten season last year. He really kind of grew into himself. He really kind of figured his game out as the season went along. He'll never be a, a huge offensive threat, I don't think. But he's got the speed and talent to penetrate like like no Iowa point guard has in a long time. Uh, he runs that offense so well. He's he's a good defender. He uh, he he's just so kind of smart with the ball and and was able to kind of run things so well last year. And then you, of course you have. Con- 
Connor McCaffrey out there helping him do it. Uh, and and from everything I've seen this season, we got we got a little bit of video yesterday from their first practice. We got that shirtless picture from Jordan Bohannon a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he, he looks like a beast, and, and he looks like he has taken a step from freshman to sophomore year. I think he's certainly the point guard of the future. I'm not convinced he's not the point guard we need out there to start games this season, and I don't see where else Jordan Bohannon goes. So uh, you're not going to start J-Bo over Frederick, I don't think, and you're, you're not going to start him over Wieskamp. So if he's the starting point guard, that's cool, and, and I think Toussaint coming off the bench uh, is a, a weapon that most schools in the country won't have. But again, I go back and forth on this, and it's really just because I love Jordan Bohannon so much. Uh, but I, as I said, I'm not convinced that Joe Toussaint should not be the starting point guard this season. No, and you make a, a great point. Um, he has made leaps and bounds um, in his improvement. Um, but I think J- Jordan Bohannon, it's his spot to lose. Um, and it, not really even to lose. He's, he's got it. He, he's going to be there. He's going to be that leadership role. He, he's really really smart with the ball um he makes good decisions and i think that's why he's going to start and he's got that uh, that senior leadership of course um but i think to your other point joe Tristan off the bench i think would be huge yeah. i think he gives that energy and that that speed that we'd look for if we need to up the tempo of the game um certainly i mean the, the three ball from from jordan if it's if it's there um would help hmm. Yeah. Um, along with Wieskamp. So I like having those perimeter shooters out there and, and having the, the ball handling ability of Jordan Bohannon. But Joe Toussaint is going to uh, definitely make some noise, and he's going to get you know plenty of playing time. Yes. But uh, I think Jordan is, is going is to be in the lineup uh, to start the season off with, and we'll see where he goes. I mean, it's all going to be up to him. His uh, uh, training and, and getting back and taking care of his body, he's done a terrific job. And, you know, He's just a terrific person. He the, is. the guy is, is fun to watch. He, he's a, a, a terrific uh, basketball player, but even a better person. It's it's going to be really really fun to watch. And you know, you you made a point there that I really hadn't considered, and, and I should have. And that's that we haven't seen a healthy Jordan Bohan in, in in a couple of years. I mean, the things he was doing in the first ten games last year were on a bum hip and a surgically repaired hip. Uh, he oh, says yeah. he's feeling better than he ever has, and in better shape than he's been in a long time. And so, a healthy Jordan Bohan and maybe a whole different thing well and he seems i mean his spirits uh just you know seeing from twitter and other things that i've read his spirits seem high i mean he he seems like he's ready to go he's fired up he's he's got that leadership role um you know i i don't think he's the kind of guy that's ever asked for it he just naturally is um his ability i mean really reminds me of of the days of chris kingsbury uh he's not the bad boy like chris kingsbury was but i tell you what when he he fires that ball off uh, that that three ball and and nails it oh gives me chills just like uh, kingsbury used to so I, I think that electric um kind of energy that, that he brings to the game especially i mean heck i mean how many times did he hit a three ball to to win or tie um just a couple years ago mm-hmm. uh, oh, it's it's that kind of um, intangible that we need this year. We have got to be on our outside game, our perimeter shooting, um, because we know we have the interior game with Luca. As long as he's healthy, everybody stays healthy. I think that we have a a huge uh, advantage over anybody. 
Last thing I wanted to talk about here is is some a couple of wrestling things. We mentioned the the year extra year of eligibility uh, given to winter sport th- athletes by the NCAA, and th- that's obviously a huge thing for Spencer Lee. I, I don't think any team at Iowa was hurt more by the cancellation of, of the postseason and, and the season uh, by the pandemic in March than the Iowa wrestling team, and I don't think any athlete was hurt more by that than Spencer Lee, and it seems like that wrong has been righted. Uh, I think Luca Garza is probably a close second because what he would have done in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament on a national stage may have put him over the top for National Player of the Year, although it may have driven him out of the the college basketball for this season. So we we don't know exactly how that would have gone. But Spencer Lee had a chance to join an elite club that very few have ever joined as a four-time NCAA champion, and that was taken away from him last year. It has now been given back to him, and so I think that's a that's that's such a cool thing for him to now be able to stick around. And wrestling is the type of sport, you know, he's not he's not itching to go pro. He will stick around for another season and try to win that fourth NCAA championship. And uh, more than anybody, more than anybody in the entire country, I'm I'm happy for Spencer Lee. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is a guy that's worked so hard and and put so many hours in. I mean, those those guys, <laughs> literally. Uh, just beat themselves up over the over the course of the year and to see him get the opportunity to fulfill a dream and, and a lifetime goal is is fantastic and really it felt like they were being robbed uh being on the precipice of, of potentially having a, a team national championship yes. as well so it's it's great that they're able to reinstall that it, it was the right thing to do um and, and certainly for him, I, I'm just elated that he has that opportunity back and he's going to be the leadership uh, of that squad and he's going to be ready to go. That guy, that guy is intense and, and always fun to watch. You know, I think they were certainly marching to a national championship last season and Absolutely. you talk about high expectations for a basketball program. I, I think that's where the bar is now set again for Iowa wrestling. If, if it hasn't always been set there, it certainly is again uh, for Tom Brands to be able to take the mantle back from Kale Sanderson and, and Penn State. Uh, if not for a long-term thing, you, you have to at least get one now. And, and I think this is the year to do it. Um, It'd just be interesting to see how this Iowa wrestling team comes together uh, this season. I think they uh, they don't need to win a national championship. Tom Brands is going to get fired or anything if they if they don't win a national championship. But I they do don't need think, to, but they need to. Yes, exactly, exactly. They don't need to, but they need to. They they really kind of do. Uh, it's it'll be the first in, in a decade. And uh, again, I think it was taken from them last year as they were on their way. Uh, obviously, uh, a, a, some big news yesterday uh, for a former. Iowa wrestling coach, the greatest of all time, Dan Gable. I was able to chat with him for a couple of minutes. You can find on the uh, the podcast feed here just below this episode. But uh, Dan Gable will be awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honor uh, one can get, and also the first person in the, in the sport of wrestling to get this, which I think is uh, not just um, overdue, but certainly well-deserved. It's good that Dan Gable is, is the first guy to kind of represent this sport uh, in what is a, a very, very prestigious uh, award. No, it was incredible. Uh, I was so so happy you were able to uh, interview him and kind of get to his reaction um, before he uh, uh, got to see the president last night. Um just an incredible human being and everything he's done in life, uh, the hard work and the sacrifice that he's put in, um, just exemplifies, you know, what it is to be an Iowan as well. 
And to see him uh, on stage to, you know, be announced that he's going to be receiving that award is terrific. And, you know, what he said on uh, your interview with him was uh, it's the highest award and most prestigious that, that he could receive. And I I couldn't agree more. And, and a person that's uh, uh, more deserving, I don't know who. So Yeah, a guy with a lot of trophies on his mantle. <laughs> yeah. Just just added a, a lot of gold. cool one. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Joe, this has been fun, man. Uh, a lot going on. It's an exciting time in Hawkeye sports. Uh, we have a big few months coming up. And, uh, and of course, all of it will be covered on HawkeyeNation.com. I know you'll be doing a bunch of podcasts. You and I will we'll get together for these every once in a while as well and uh and and i'm i'm pumped man we're uh, as you said nine days away from hawkeye football and then it's really just a sprint through the the winter season and into march and um it, this we we could be on the verge of of some some things that haven't happened in our lifetimes or, or have never happened before so so it's an exciting time yeah. Wouldn't that be weird? 2020, <laughs> the the year that uh, Iowa basketball, wrestling, and who knows, maybe even football goes all the way. I love it, man. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening, and go Hawks. <laughs>